where I introduce Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Every full moon, the howling rings through the valley. This is a man who becomes an animal. A werewolf. I'll be an actual wolf. Hello and welcome to the Discussing Who podcast. In this episode, we're going to be reviewing the second story of the 2006 series, Tooth and Claw. Now for me, I'm not really sure how long this episode's going to be, so I'm curious to see what the two gentlemen who are with me think about this. So I'm not sure, you know, corny joke aside, how much meat are on the bones with the tooth and claw here, but eh, not sure about this episode, but we're glad that you're here. And who are we? Well, for starters, I want to welcome back someone who has been on this show twice, actually, and we're glad to have him back for a third time from Dice Junkies, Mr. Mark Wells. Mark, how are you? Hey, man, how's it going? I don't know about you, but I mean... I, I I can make this show, show as long as you want it, man. I can talk. <laughs> okay, cool. Because the of the game. Because we game. may well be having to, seriously. <laughs> so I want to kind of give a shout out to you because Sunday afternoon, I had the privilege of coming on to your Twitch uh, live stream for a talk about everything from Doctor Who uh, to Luke Cage to Black Lightning to... Uh, rolling a number one, which I had to say something that I least wanted to talk about, which of course was Batman versus Superman. But, um, thanks. I really die. had fun on that. <laughs> oh no, it was a blast having you, man. And, uh, thanks for having me on this show. Well, welcome back. And, you know, that was, it's, it, it's fun being on live stream. And I have to say that, you know, kudos to you guys. You made me feel very, uh, comfortable. It, honestly, I just forgot I was on video and, um, you know, had a lot of fun. So enjoyed it. And anybody that wants to see that, of course, you can check, uh, Dice Junkies out on Twitch as well as on YouTube because there's videos there. And of course, the videos there. So either one and we will have show notes below if you're reading from the web or if you're not reading from the web, if you're on your vehicle and driving somewhere, you know, stop somewhere, pull it up, their show notes. So there you go. Well, and for your audience too, I mean, it's a, uh, it's also a, uh, a podcast. So you want to just listen, it's, it's there too. So. Cool beans. Yeah. And download that. And I think you guys are available on iTunes and all the major uh, players, right? Definitely. Cool beans. The other person who's with us is our co-creator, co-host, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, welcome back. Yo, yo, how's it going, dude? Uh, going good. Feels like forever since I've talked to you. Uh, well, we did a couple of videos that I've been putting out. We just dropped one talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, which was a lot of fun. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure about the movie, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you said you called this episode two and on Amazon is listed as episode three. So is the Christmas episode not included in the proper season? Yeah. So here's the deal. Amazon, for some reason, tends to want to say that it was the first 
uh, episode in the 2006 series, but since it came out in 2005, it's always been considered as part of the 2005 series, just as most Christmas specials are. They kind of uh-huh. take place in the year that they happen. I think Amazon may have put this with David Tennant simply because that was, you know, David Tennant's first episode. Yeah, New Doctor. I get that. For me, you know, Amazon may say three, but for me, I've always said this is the second. Yeah, so what's been going on with you, dude? You and I did a recording of a Black Lightning uh, review that we did on Discussing Comics. And a couple of weeks from now, we will be at Con Costabras in Huntsville. A lot of fun to uh, see them You actually, actually include us in their tweet with very uh, awesome group of guests. So, so glad to be included in that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I think you're really looking forward to seeing uh, Jenny from the uh, Vaster and Jenny. She will be there. Who isn't looking forward to seeing Jenny, man? Come yes. on. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing her too. So she's our named, uh, you know, then there's Mark Shepard who played Kenton Everett Delaware the second. And that's, uh, series, um, the sixth series with River Song. That was the guy that was on the beach. Ah, so cool. All right. be fun. Yep. Very much fine. So one p- bit of news before we go forward. Genesis of the Daleks is coming to theaters. This is a classic Tom Baker story, and it is coming to theaters on June the 11th. It's just a one-night thing, and they're taking the entire story, converting it into an hour-and-a-half story, and this is, like I said, June the 11th in the States. So that was a story, Clarence, that we had talked about reviewing at some point, so maybe a good opportunity to catch it all at once. Indeed, it should be a lot of fun. Mark, question for you. I'm assuming that you have, but I don't want to assume. Have you seen Genesis of the Daleks? Uh, yes, I have. I've, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen as much, uh, Tom Baker as there is out there, uh, to see. <laughs> like, uh, that was, that was the doctor that I consumed the most of. So, so just top shelf, rev- you know, takeaway. Did you like Genesis of the Daleks? Did you, I mean, excuse, yeah, Genesis of the Daleks. Did you not? What, what, what I mean, just, I'll be honest. It's, it's been a really long time and, uh, I've become a lot more cynical in my, uh, age and, and being on, on YouTube and stuff. But as a, as, as, a, as a younger person, when I watched most of this stuff, there wasn't a Tom Baker episode that I didn't like. So see, I told you there was a reason I like this guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I kind of have to agree with you. It was, you know, you go back and you look at some of the scenes and of course, um, I don't know if they hold up as well, but you, mm. you take the story as a whole. This is the first time we see Davros and you see his maniacal screaming from the very beginning. And that alone to me is, you know, enough to say this was a pretty darn good episode. You have changed the future of the universe, Doctor. I have betrayed the future. Davros, for the last time, consider what you're doing. Stop the development of the Daleks. Impossible. It is beyond my control. The workshops are already fully automated to produce the Dalek machines. It's not the machines. It's the minds of the creatures inside them. Minds that you created. They are totally evil. Awesome. 
All right, good deal. So um, that's all the news that I have. Do you guys yeah. have anything you want to share? Yeah, real quick, I'll just mention uh, if you keep up with the social medias, uh, Bradley Walsh actually Instagrammed a video of him and Jody Whitaker at the Baptist, which is pretty funny. And I started like just looking through Bradley Walsh's Instagram videos. <laughs> He's a pretty hilarious dude, and it kind of, kind of gets me excited of what we're going to see in the upcoming season because he seems kind of off his rocker a bit. <laughs> Just go look at his look at his Instagram and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh should be a fun season. So, so I'll leave it at that. So I keep hearing, and this is not a spoiler here because it really doesn't say anything, but but you know, they keep having leaks here and there. And again, this is not a spoiler, but they keep saying that a character is returning hmm. this season. So you know, it's it, it didn't say characters. It didn't say set of characters. It said a character is returning. So, so I take it you know who it is. But you're no, just I have not no idea. Us? I'm I'm okay. I mean, I'm clueless, <laughs> clueless, clueless, clueless. Interesting. So I mean the 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 the, the rumor is a character is returning. Then. Yeah, that was all that was said. Someone like I, I would be surprised if a character didn't return. I'm I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so you know that's one of those where if you try to read into it, you can read anything you want to into it. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it's it's hard to keep that uh, continuity and 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 linkage without. Without some of your old, at least one old character showing up in a new season with a new doctor. Yeah. You, you, you know, if you want to be using a word you used earlier, if you want to be cynical about it. Oh, yeah. Character's returning. The doctor is going to be back on Doctor Who this fall. Yeah. 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 There you go. I'm not going to avoid it any longer. Do you, you guys ready to get into Tooth and Claw? Yeah. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. It is the second series, uh, the return Doctor Who and is the second episode of the 2006 series. It originally aired on the 22nd of April, 2006. The episode re- received positive reviews in the UK and averaged 9.24 million viewers. Before we really get into it, um, well, actually, before we get into it, I don't want to forget. So if you've not seen this episode, if you've not seen Tooth and Claw, put us on pause. Go watch. Because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So, and if you didn't see it, you might be doing yourself a service. <laughs> oh, oh, it, it's Shots not that fired. bad. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's. I, I love some of the past episodes. Uh, we see plenty of, and again, this is my thousand foot view. Uh, as Cal, I just cut him off. I didn't give him a chance to say it. But um, yeah, I mean, we go into the past. We get introduced to Torchwood, which I thought thought was really cool. Was the episode great? No, but it did have a lot of interesting ideas, and I loved seeing the the queen there. So maybe we can pull some goodness out of this episode by the end of this review. What about you guys? All right, so Mark, take it away. All right, well, I guess uh, the, to start it off, um, so I I I have not been watching the uh, the old series or the uh, you know beginning uh, episodes in a, in a long time. And so 
when he, when y'all asked me to come on here, I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go back. I gotta go back in time, you know, <laughs> and, uh, catch this episode. And honestly, it, 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 it annoyed me, but not for the reasons you think oh, it annoyed me because watching it, it reminded me how much better doctor who was. Um, interesting. Cause very, interesting. well, you know, you know, I haven't felt great about the, uh, the last few seasons and then, and then watching this, I was like, now I, yeah, I definitely don't feel great about the last few seasons. Wow. For you to pull better out of this episode, uh, yeah, particularly man. it just, I'm kind of amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, man. There are elements that are more reminiscent to classic Doctor Who. Um, we've gotten a, a, a long ways away from from the the, the humor and the uh, the style of the classic Doctor, and you you see elements of it here that uh, that's that's not in the current series. So I actually see where you're going because the the very beginning where uh, right at the you know, right at the montage, right before you do the opening sequence, you have that feel of classic who, where the woman is screaming at the monster. Well, yeah, you have, you have that. And the, uh, I mean, right after that scene inside the TARDIS, sort of the playfulness and, uh, you know, in, in, in the TARDIS, that, that scene, man, that had me smiling. I was like, forget the whole rest of the show, just the, just the (laughs) music and the beating and the, I was like, yeah, I missed this. So maybe one of you guys can tell me, why were they trying to go to Sheffield 1979? Did something happen there that I I just don't know about? I think he was trying to take her to a, oh yeah, Ian Dury and the Blockheads, a concert. Uh, So that might have been the music they were playing. May have been. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that old school punk style of music, you know, that the, the, the UK man, it was, I, I was enjoying it. I, I was there, be, you know, just bopping my head going, all right. And yeah. that makes <laughs> sense. What you just said makes sense as to why she said you're a punkish doctor or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that I have, makes sense. But I have to say, I did not like how he was, <clears throat> excuse me. And we've talked about this before, the pulling of the levers and all this stuff. That's part of Doctor Who that I don't really love, but I, I think it kind of goes with this TARDIS particularly. Just not my favorite. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of saw that before, but it, I don't know. It was just different. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it was different seeing David Tennant do it for some reason. <laughs> oh, of course, you like it now that Tennant's doing yeah, it. Yeah, okay. of course, it's David yeah. Tennant. <laughs> what do we think about these priest monk guys at the beginning? Uh, they're, they're foe Shaolin monk uh, fighting. <laughs> which I thought was extremely out of place, but I don't know. Yeah. That, <laughs> it was fun. that bit, that bit to me was a bit cheese. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't know why they chose to go the, the, the monkish route. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel the cheese too, but I went back and I called up, when did the matrix come out? And the matrix, the original one came out in 99. So I'm going to assume that the second matrix was 2001, 2002, 2003. So you're still in that whole yeah. matrixy time frame. So that, yeah, that, I don't, 
you know, the, 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 the jumping up of the monks and being suspended in the air felt so matrix to me. Yeah. I was getting that D- David Carradine feel. I don't know. Yeah, just... I, I don't feel like it had anything to do with the matrix. That was, uh, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what it had to do with, but I wouldn't, I would not link it to the May. I mean, I'd, I'd link it to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from 2000 before I did that. Yeah. But even there, that's, that's, that's still five, six years. Um, I don't, really know what they were doing and if i can if i can think back to when i first saw this episode i didn't know what they were doing when i when i first saw it back in 2006 so oh well i'll tell you something that i did like when he does the psychic paper and you you know ask him his name and he doesn't say john smith he says dr james mccrimmon that that was really really cool to me so i'm assuming that's a callback explain sir Yep. Uh, Mark, you want to take that one? Uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, James McCrimmon is Jamie, uh, from the second doctor. So when you hear us talk about Jamie, that's his name is James McCrimmon. Uh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I guess it was McCrimmon along with a Timrose Bootsy, which, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, one of those UK sayings, I guess, or did they just make it up for the show? I don't, I don't know. I it's really funny. don't know. <laughs> Man, with with uh, Billy Piper, just she uh, she keeps looking hotter on all these episodes. I don't know what's going on. It's just, <laughs> well, according says, to them, uh, you know, is why is this girl naked? Yeah, yeah which is really funny. I'm like naked, she is not. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, Clarence, for you because you know, right about that time that we're in the scene that we're at, we see Queen Victoria. And I know you've been watching Victoria with Jenna Coleman, and yeah. I know that there's an age difference, obviously. This is a much later in life Victoria. So how do you think the portrayal compares? Did you still get the same feeling of the same character that you've been watching in Victoria, just albeit uh, older? Well, I mean, it's a cool bit of history of the Queen, whether you watch Victoria or you're up on your history um, I love how with a lot of the past episodes, I love how they tie it into some semblance of truth. So all the uh, references to her and to Albert, we know that Albert was very interested in the sciences and um, that played heavily into the narrative of this of this show, of this episode. So all of that, I just soaked up and I love every minute of that. I just really love on screen. Cool, cool. So what was your take of uh, seeing Victoria, uh, Mark? Was it just another, you know, seeing a uh, historical figure or did you have any thought on the character? Uh, no, nah, I didn't really have any thought on it. I mean, it was Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, the actress did a, you know, a good job, but I just am reminded again and, and, and I don't want to be negative about this episode, but this reminds me of why I don't go back and watch this one over and over and over. Mm. It, I guess it is a hard pill to swallow. You're taking this, I don't know if you call it folk, folklore, but this thing that, you know, that's been passed down as far as the werewolves and what Doctor Who does, it makes it in some sort of realism. And I love, I love that about some of the episodes to make something semi-believable and give a scientific reason 
of why it's happened or how it's been passed through generations and stories and things like that. So, I mean, I, I think that in this episode I thought was really good as well as, you know, they went to great pains to explain what Torchwood was. And of course we know the show is launching about this time we're in and they're definitely pushing Torchwood down our throats uh, uh, in this second episode here. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of things here to try to establish uh, Torchwood as well as, you know, I just like, I like the history here, though not real or true, but I like how it's diving into different parts to make it semi-believable. I found something that was really interestingly odd, I'll, I'll say as a coincidence, so, Mark, the last time you were on this show, uh, on the, you know, audio of this show was the episode where we were talking about Peter Capaldi had just announced that he was leaving and we were remembering John Hurt. So mm-hmm. when she said, and it's interesting that the review that you're having with us, and I'm tying this in, somebody said it was either her or the elephant man. And I thought that that was interesting that they mentioned the Elephant Man because we've heard Lee refer to John Hurt playing the Elephant Man. And I just think that that's interesting (laughs) that John Hurt was represented in your last episode. John Hurt's in this episode in a interesting kind of way. So I just thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. Clarence, uh, what did you think of the Wolfman? And what I mean by that is Rose once again, starts having a conversation where everybody else is cowering behind her. What would you, what did you think of that interaction between her and what I'm calling the Wolfman? Well, I think Rose's first touch was this, is this is maybe Tenet's first episode, the Christmas special, where she not even really knowing what she's saying. She's just spouting off all these things that she's heard the doctor say over the past year, you know, and to me, this is very much, Maybe her first Dr. Light episode, she is very much the boss. She's in charge. She's not scared. And she immediately knows that this ain't normal. And she's asking the being, you know, where are you from? You're not from here. And I think we're just going to see roles get further and further into this Dr. Light role going forward. I loved it. I thought she did really well. Mm. Mark, curious, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Rose was, uh, was a strong character. And, uh, I mean, this is where she, she did show, you know, she, she can, she can take the punches and, and stand, uh, strong, even when in some, uh, some risque situations, you know, where, where her life could be in danger. But, I mean, she's still putting on a strong face, asking the right questions. So, yeah. What do you guys think about Tenet's utter joy? Cause, we get this scene where he walks in and sees the werewolf for the first time and just a smile on his face made me smile because he's like overly fascinated by seeing this thing. And that's kind of what Tennant does in all his episodes. He he has this overjoyed fascination, which kind of just trickles, trickle down to anyone who's who's watching the episode. And I just found it really fun. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things I, I really enjoy about Tennant is, you know, he had that darker side and, and that, that amusement. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I mean, you see where, um, future doctors are a lot more concerned about the, uh, well-being of everybody. 
he he lets people sacrifice themselves and yeah. die in the yeah. episode and doesn't really blink an eye. Yeah, he knows what has to be done. And yet he does it in a way to where you really don't pay attention that he's doing it. You know, because when, when, when you had, and, and Mark, I'm going to quote you again. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but when Capaldi's 12th doctor does something like that, they focus on the fact of, oh, he was cruel. He was, you know, thoughtless. He really didn't care. Whereas Tennant is basically doing some of the same things that the 12th doctor did in the, um, eighth series. But everybody just accepted it, and I think it's the way it was presented in that, you know, he was a much more, at that time, likable doctor than Capaldi was maybe in his first series. And I, I would like to just say it's uh, it's better writing. I would honestly kind of agree. I would say the acting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know Capaldi's a good actor, too, but just the way Tennant kind of flips on a dime. When the guy says, I'm going out there to protect you while you figure out what's going on with this telescope, he just flips on the dime and you can see the emotion on his face without saying much at all. And in that moment, we kind of understood what was going on. He's like, "Okay, he has to make a choice, a sacrifice and little writing there. But Mm -hmm. just the expression on his face kind of conveyed to me, "Okay, it's something bad is about to happen so i don't know the uh, writing too but yeah no i mean the the reason i say writing and, and here here's the reason and this is like i said one of the reasons why when i looked back i was like man um if you look in even in this episode they're tying stuff together that's gonna happen in future episodes they're planning stuff from day one his character was written and developed in a reasonable manner where I, it didn't seem the, the, the plan, the overall vision, it's there. Like it's this whole season, the next season, you know, all these things that tie in. It really seems like they planned this stuff ahead. And so they wrote a character with a future in mind where with, with Cabaldi's character, they, they, they wrote his character and then they just sort of changed it, you know, yeah. between episodes and you didn't get that that build up and that growth that, uh, that tenant had. And, and all I can say is it's good writing, you know, you, you, you know, I, I think I have to agree because if you go back and you listen to my complaints about series eight, and then you listen to my praise of series 10, you know, you still had Capaldi. He was playing the character in eight. He was playing the character in 10. But the difference here is your writing in the sense of the series eight was not Matt Smith. And then the series 10 was to me the first time we actually got to see Capaldi at his best doing what he does, which was become the doctor. And then it was time for him to leave. So yeah, I, but I, think I mean, I, season 10 also seemed to have a beginning and an end. They it had a did. plan. It did. And it, you're right. It did have a plan. And I, so I honestly, I think I have to agree with both of you because it is the writing. I agree because, you know, there's so many of the fairy tale aspects that I think people were tired of with Moffat. But on the flip side, the acting wise, he, he was given what he was given just as with this tenant was given what he was given and, 
how he was directed. So, so I got a question for you guys. As they ran through the house rather frantically, um, they passed several armor sets that were, you know, just standing in the corners. Why no one ever tried to put on the armor to face the the werewolf? That seemed like it would have been a good plan. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, I have a habit (laughs) of ask, you know, you ask a question and I pose it back as a question, but I think this one's legitimate. Isn't, I know it's with, and I think it's, it's werewolves, but I think it's also vampires, but, but aren't werewolves, uh, supposed to not do well with silver? Like, um, like, can't you kill I, a werewolf or something with a silver well, bullet? Yeah. I mean, Tennant even asked at one moment, does anybody have any silver bullets? Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't those tin suits be made of, uh, silver? No. Ah, okay. <laughs> be steel or iron. Oh yeah, that's right. If it was silver, my goodness, it would, those things would be too expensive. <laughs> oh, well, they're colored the same one. So I mean, with it being ornate, there may be some, uh, silver plating or coating, but I mean, as far as, as far as the, uh, armor goes, I mean, most of those suits of armors that you see in corners, they're not very functional. They take a really long time to get on. The, the, the Dona suit of armor like that takes anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. Hmm. And Mark, I wonder how would you know you wouldn't do any type of gaming or anything like that to yeah, know yeah, this yeah. stuff, would you? <laughs> um, not only did I game, I mean, I know people that are also members of uh, all the uh, SCA and stuff like that that actually wear that type of armor. Um, that the marker there's type also, stuff? There's also padding that has to go on underneath it and all that stuff. So it's not just as much as just throwing it on there. It's it, There's a lot more to putting that armor on. Ah, good point, sir. So I got a question for you guys. What about this uh, tendency to explain everything away as it being an alien? Because it seems like all the superstitions that we've seen that's been dispelled is, oh, no, they're, you know, they're an alien, whether it's be ghosts, whether it be, you know, werewolves. What What's kind of the thoughts there? Uh, is Are we OK with everything being an alien? Uh, I kind of think I am. It's kind of par for the course for Doctor Who. And how else would you explain it? Um, I think it always really works well for these stories. And being the doctor, he oftentimes knows these aliens. It can quote off the name of them and things like that. So I always find it fascinating. And I I think, you know, it really works well for these episodes. And and I always come back to the question, like, what else would it be? I don't know. I mean, it still it goes in line with uh, with the original Doctor's uh, series as well. You know, I mean, you go back to you know the eighties, seventies, and sixties, and most everything was explained as aliens when it came down to it. Yep, because I mean, even you go back to the very first story, and there, you know, with an unearthly child, that four part story, there is a point to where the Doctor actually you know, dazzles per se, these cavemen by showing fire. And, you know, and that's, they even, I think the episode's called the cave of fire, but I mean, you, you show fire and then that's, you know, like a godlike being to these cavemen. Yes. Science. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the doctor, doctor who's never been about supernatural. It's been about science. Correct. Aliens or science. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe that is, you know, right. Is it's just, and I've also heard, you know, in other stories, 
where people explain away magic as a science we don't understand yet. So, mm-hmm. but we all know that that books are the best weapon in the world, of course, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> and doesn't he say That's that why you more want to get than stuck in a library? Yeah, doesn't he say that more than once? Like, doesn't he say that in Silence of the Library too? He probably does. I think so. I just find it funny, like some writer in a writing writing room saying, "Oh, books are the best weapons in the world. That is awesome." <laughs> Which the way Tennant says it is just fantastic. Because I believe it when he's saying it. I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. You got me. <laughs> so, what do we think about how this was resolved? With it being this intricate story with the diamond and the telescope and you know all this stuff general thoughts on how it was resolved go for it mark Uh, i mean i I like the way it was resolved um i i like the smart a content uh comment of but he's you know he thrives in moonlight and or he's made of moonlight or whatever he uses moonlight as energy, and he's like, ah, oh, well, you know, you're 70% water. You can still drown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a good uh, way to solve it and to tie it all up. And, yeah, I mean, it does put – it puts other – there are other intelligent people that plan ahead. And, you know, the doctor isn't – you know, there there are intelligent humans that actually make plans. I like that concept because I, I hope that not everybody is stupid. You know, sometimes I feel like it when I'm talking to people, but <laughs> you know, to give the message that there's people out there who know what's going on, not just a doctor. And, uh, and, and of course that whole premise is what builds up to Torchwood. It's a, you know, Torchwood is people who know what's going on and are preparing for it in the background. Yeah. So, so let me piggyback off of what you just said, Mark, and ask you, do you think the purpose of this episode was, as Clarence said in the beginning, the, where, you know, they're pushing, um, Torchwood down our throats at this point. Do you think that this episode was written as a, okay, here comes Torchwood and this is how it got started. Here's the origin of Torchwood. Oh, I definitely believe that this episode was on, on purpose for the spinoff of Torchwood and, and delay that, uh, foundation. Yeah. What about you, Clarence? What you, you feel that too? Yeah. Yeah. Totally agreed. Uh, through and through, um, just the name of the castle slash mansion being called Torchwood, I thought was, you know, on the nose there. And I thought it was really, it was a really fun episode, but, uh, it definitely is there to, um, get us prepped, get us ready for what we're going to see in Torchwood. You know, here's my thing with with this particular story. I don't know where what it is I'm missing and what it was that this story is missing because I actually went back and watched it again for like one time yesterday, another time this evening, you know, right before we got ready to start watching because I kept looking for things that I wanted to point out and would be like, oh, this would be great for the conversation. And I don't know what this story is missing that I'm missing. So I'm curious, uh, did you guys find that it lacked some meat that some of the other stories had? Or am I missing something? Well, I mean, if you look at it, they spent like 10 minutes running around or more running around the mansion. So it was a very light story. Um, I do like how, again, if you're a fan of Victoria, there are a lot of things that may have 
get, kept me interested. Um, the the fact that Albert has been uh, pr- trying to perfect perfect this Cullinan or this huge great dime greatest diamond in the world to actually serve save her in the end, I thought was really interesting. And I, for me, things like that kept me interested. When maybe if you didn't care about Victoria or you haven't watched that show, you probably like okay, get to the point. I know. So, so a quick question: Was the diamond that you're referring to? Was it in the other series? Was it referred to? Had you seen it in in the other series? Not, not yet. No, okay. I have not. So, what about you, Mark? Do you think that there was, you know, was I missing something in this one, or was it just lacking for you too? Well, like I said, I haven't I haven't seen these old episodes in a, in a, in a good bit, so. You know, it brought a lot of memories back for me that that may be part of the reason why I enjoyed it so much because I haven't been watching rewatching these uh, episodes. I mean, I like the, the the references in it. I thought were fun. I, I didn't think it was really missing anything. I mean, they even still playing up on the bad wolf stuff, you know, with comments there, you know, see the wolf in her. You know, so I think I think they played off previous episodes. They played off. uh they, they, they had a good feel. I don't see what's missing, but once again, you know, I'm also looking at this as, uh, man, it's been a while and it was sort of nostalgic. Yeah, I, I can get that. So what do we think about the computer generated werewolf? Any thoughts? Did it work for the episode? Was it a little too much? Did they went more practical? Hmm. I think for me, what I didn't like with the werewolf is, why everybody's hair started blowing whenever he started changing. I was like, okay, is there some kind of wind effect when you become a werewolf? You had to make it dramatic, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, know. I liked all that. Yeah. I mean, I do think, go ahead. No, I, I just think it was a little bit uh, kind of over the top almost. Yeah, it's a <laughs> werewolf, man. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The last thing I can critique Doctor Who on is special effects. You know, I've never expected great special effects from Doctor Who. Um. Yeah, but true. I mean, it, it wasn't horrible, but by the same token, in 2006 on TV, maybe this was really good. So the gauge it by his time, I guess. Yeah, and I enjoyed it whenever I watched it. I think, honestly, I think I was looking for a really good episode with a good story that was really packed with whatever because mark you haven't been on in a while and i wanted to have one of a really really good episode and i found this one to be a little bit lacking to be brutally honest yeah i don't know maybe that's why you know i was i put too much expectation on the story itself because it is not aliens of london with the uh by any shape, form, or fashion. I think I just wanted a little bit more out of the story I, than what yeah, I got. Yeah, I, I will admit, when when the episode ended and the preview came on for the next episode, I, I, I sort of cringed a little. I was like, man, why couldn't I be that one? This is Sarah Jane episode. <laughs> and you is know? that subconsciously my issue, is I'm so freaking ready to talk about a school reunion that yeah. this one was the necessary evil that was right before it. No, I could definitely see that because I did get that feeling a bit after, like I said, when the show ended, 
and I and I saw you know the next one was School Reunion and Sarah Jane. I was like, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. And if I were to be brutally honest, which I'll be again, it might not would have helped if I just happened to have watched probably bits and pieces because I couldn't resist it and couldn't help myself of school reunion. So maybe some of my dis not our our lack of excitement for this is because I cheated and watched a little bit of school reunion. Maybe. I mean, and the previous episode was also New Earth, which I mean, I, I like I said, I haven't rewatched any of these in a long time. But I remember New Earth was a fun episode. Yes, yeah, it so was really good. You're also yeah. coming off of a really good episode into this one. But I will say something that I really, 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 really liked about this episode. What that was, was the entire time that Billy Piper's character Rose, obviously, is going through and trying to get her to say, we are not amused. And then she does it and bans the doctor from, yeah. uh, from the kingdom. She's up, fat old child. I bought her for sixpence in old London town. It was her of the elephant man. So. Thinks he's funny, but I'm so not amused. What do you think, Mum? It hardly matters. Shall we proceed? So close. Hmm. Thought you might disapprove, Your Majesty. Stargazing. Isn't that a bit fanciful? You could easily not be amused or something. Mm. No? I tell you what, though, Mum, I bet you're not amused now. Do you think this funny? Then you may think on this also. That I am not amused. Yes! I didn't see the band coming, but again, we're setting up Torchwood, so it was a perfect time to say you get out and we're going to establish our own you know smart people to, to investigate these things and and be on watch for any type of alien invasions or such good point good point i did like now going back and knowing that she was going to ban them watching her and watching her interactions and watching her watch them and seeing you know i was like okay She's judging them. She's sizing them up because there's, you know, one point where she says, I will not have it. Not you, not that thing, none of it. This is not my world. Yeah, yeah. What did you guys think about the whole concept of the royal family are werewolves? I, I thought it was I thought it was a fun tease, you know, and it it. it I, I like it when they throw stuff in like that, you know, because it's, it's it's not like they're saying it is, but you know, it's it's a little tease and it's like, haha, funny, relates to current time, you know. So yeah, no, I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was a fun little bit to throw in there. Yeah, and, and then enough history in that statement that okay, I guess it's true that they do have this blood thing in the royal family so you know you could take you could take what is fact and play around with it a little bit and throw your own spin on it which you know again i always love when they do that in doctor who i'm going to tell you guys something that i find really really interesting which is from the moment i said a few minutes ago that i cheated and watched sarah jane this entire episode is taking on a new light to me because I'm seeing it as itself. And, and it's not that it's not as bad as I was thinking it was or lacking now that I take out that whole school reunion. So, so I was definitely wrong for watching 
a bit of that before we got started. There you go. One last thing I want to ask about, uh, Sir Doctor of Tardis. What did you guys think of the name Sir Doctor of Tardis? I don't even remember who said that. That was what when she knighted them, she uh, called him Sir Doctor of Tardis. Meh. Uh, just something fun for the fans. I don't know why she would know what a Tardis is. So <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, something fun for the viewers. What did you think, Mark? Yeah, that that was just something that was anime. Like that little bit of a uh, thing with her knighting them and then and then banning them didn't really make a lot of sense anyway. Because I mean, if you're gonna ban them, why are you gonna knight them? Yeah. But um, as far as the of Tardis, you either got to think, okay, well she 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 had more conversation with him between this time and 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 the knighting. Or, or something, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. My, my gut immediately wanted to say, why didn't she say Sir Doctor of Gallifrey? Because that's where he's from. And then I started thinking, wait, this is 2006. It would be Sir Doctor of Tardis because Gallifrey doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. If she can, <laughs> how would she know either is my question though. True, but, true. Fine. But, but goes well, back I mean, to what did- Mark said. She didn't see it. Well, no, I mean, that's just, uh, yeah. And now, now if it was Sir Doctor of Police Box, that, that could have been, <laughs> because then she just could have read it off the, uh. Yeah. I think that would have been more fun. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, it made no sense for her to say, well, I'm knighting you, but get out and don't ever come back. Yeah. Which kind of goes against the whole doctor story because he's, if this is Queen Victoria, you know, and this is, Set in 1800s, we know he comes back many, many times in years past, and there's never been a ban on the doctor. Oh, yeah. We're breaking the rules. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Guys, are, is there anything that we haven't covered about this particular story that, I'm, that I might have missed or you guys may have missed or anything else you want to talk about for this particular story? Yeah, I think we got it. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that, uh, seems to be, uh, seems to be good enough for me. Let's, um, give our closing vote as one to five. So I'm going to start it off. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'll be kind to it. 3.5. Uh, Mark, what say you? Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four just, uh, just cause. <laughs> wow. I enjoyed it, but I'm giving it a 2.5. Really? Okay. Yes. I mean, judging from what we've seen in the past season up to this, it is not the best episode. Um, it's definitely one of the worst. But, you know, I still enjoyed it. I still had fun. So, you know, 2.5, 2.6, 2.7, somewhere in there. But definitely, yeah, yeah like average at best. Yeah, my, my four is a uh, situational four. <laughs> okay, well, uh, well I'm Asterisk. going to reserve the right to – lower mine because I was thinking that I was being too hard on it. So I'm going to give it a 2.95. <laughs> I'm still being nice okay. to it, but I'm going to give it a 2.95. Uh, <laughs> see back and go back and see what I um, rated World War Three. I can't remember. Mm, I think I, 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 did we even give it a rating? Nah, I don't, I can't, I don't know. Any, I will go back, sir. Any episode that I can <laughs> play the Scooby-Doo, where are you music in is not a good episode. 
Right. You no. probably could have played it in this episode, to be honest. Yeah, they did well, a lot of running. Uh, well, you know, don't tempt me. I may just might. So let's let's do a wrap up because I think we've kind of uh, taken every tooth and claw that we possibly can from this episode. So, uh, Mark, if people wanted to find you on the web, where might they find you? Oh, well, the easiest place to go is uh, DiceJunkies.com. That's our website. We have a link to everywhere we are online there. Uh, one of our most active spots is YouTube, uh, which is Dice Junkies on YouTube. And that's where we post most of our videos. We usually post two, three videos a week, uh, hopefully more as we get the time and stuff. But, uh, that, that's the easiest ways to find this. So like I said, go to YouTube or go to, go to dicejunkies.com. And we always throw all of our links either in the description of the YouTube channel or, like I said, on the links tab. Cool beans. Mr. Brown, where might people find you? I will tell people to tune in to RelativityPodcast.com, where a new season of Lee Shackelford's Relativity Podcast will be coming out pretty soon. Claps. And um, you might even hear me on there. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, you can get seasons one and or fits one and two <laughs> as of right now. But the next fit or season will be coming out pretty soon here. So excited about it. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm excited, too. I can't wait. So if anybody that's listening, you can also check out Clarence and I on Discussing Comics, which is at DiscussingComics.com. And for anyone listening, thank you for listening. This wasn't the easiest episode to talk about, but it was not Aliens of London. That's a good thing. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, thank you again for coming on with us. You are invited back anytime. So thank you very much for being with us and spending some time with us. And for anyone listening, please subscribe to the show and we will be back next time. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more.
Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.